are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so at the Mystical City of God in a Year Facebook group, where you can interact with me and others who are listening and following along. I'd like to continue reading the reviews that have been left. This one was left on February 3rd by Bob B. 62 I was delighted to find this podcast recently, as The Mystical City of God is one of my favorite works for spiritual reading. Father Looney narrates and gives short reflections which are on point. This is an amazing approach to a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ through His Holy Mother. It takes just a few minutes a day and can enrich your spiritual life by leaps and bounds. I can testify with Bob about the spiritual life and enriching it by leaps and bounds. I've truly been blessed as I've made my way through the mystical city of God and It's really impacting my soul. I know that and I sense that. If you would like to help spread the word about the podcast, rating and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on is very helpful as it then helps by putting it in people's algorithms as a recommended podcast. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her holy example and life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria... Teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts, the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 146, and we are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 7, Paragraphs 438 to 442. Chapter 7 The Most Holy Mary prepares the swaddling clothes and the linens for the Divine Infant with ardent longings to see it born. 438 The Divine Pregnancy of the Mother of the Eternal Word had already far advanced. Although she knew that the necessary coverings and linens for the time of her parturition must be provided, she wished to proceed in all things with the fullness of heavenly prudence, therefore fulfilling all requirements of an obedient and faithful handmaid. She presumed to arrange nothing without the permission and consent of the Lord and of her holy spouse. Although she could have acted for herself, in such matters, as pertain to her office of chosen mother and of her most holy son, she would not undertake anything without speaking to St. Joseph. Therefore she said to him, My master, it is time that we prepare the things necessary for the birth of my most holy son. 
Although his majesty wishes to be treated as one of the children of men, humiliating himself and suffering with them, yet it is just that we acknowledge him as our God and as our true King and Lord by rendering him our devoted service and by making careful provision for his wants as an infant. If thou give me permission, I will begin to prepare the coverings and linens for his protection and shelter. I have already woven with my own hands a piece of linen, which may serve as his first swaddling clothes. And do thou, my master, seek to procure some wooden cloth of a soft texture and humble color, from which I may prepare other coverings. And later on, I will weave a seamless tunic appropriate for him. In order to avoid any mistake, let us offer special prayers, asking his highness to govern and direct us in the right way, so that we may know his will and fulfill his pleasure. 439. My spouse and lady answered St. Joseph, If it were possible to serve with my own heart, blood, my Lord and God, and thus fulfill thy commands, I would be willing to shed it amid most atrocious torments. And as I cannot do this, would that I had great riches to buy the most costly textures in order to offer them to thee on this occasion. Do thou give thy orders as thou seest fit, for I will serve thee as thy servant. Both of them betook themselves to prayer, and each separately heard the answer of the Lord, repeating what the sovereign queen had already heard many times, and which now was said in her hearing, and that of St. Joseph, I have come from heaven to the earth in order to exalt humility and discredit pride, to honor poverty and condemn riches, to destroy vanity and establish truth, and in order to enhance worthily the value of labor. Therefore it is my will that exteriorly you treat me according to the humble position which I have assumed, as I were the natural child of both of you, and that interiorly you acknowledge me as the son of my eternal father, and bestow the reverence and love due to me as the man-god. 440. Encouraged by this divine voice to seek the wisest course in the rearing of the infant God, Most Holy Mary and Joseph conferred with each other in what way they might conceal the most noble and perfect worship which was ever given to the true God by his creatures, beneath the treatment which the eyes of the world was due to a natural child of them both. For this was to be the opinion of the world, and such a conduct the Lord himself had enjoined upon them. Having therefore come to an agreement, They lived up to this command of the Lord in such perfection that they were the admiration of all heaven, and further on I will say more of this. They both concluded that according to the limited means allowed them by their poverty, they were to expend whatever they could afford in the service of the infant God, without going into excess or failing in anything. For the sacrament of the king was to be concealed in humble poverty, though it is at the same time they wished to exercise their burning love as far as was possible. St. Joseph, in exchange for some of this work, accepted two pieces of woolen cloth, such as his heavenly spouse had described, the one white, the other mulberry-colored mixed with gray, both of them of the best quality he could find. 
Of these, the heavenly queen made the first little dresses of her most holy son, while she prepared the swathing clothes and the shirts from the piece of linen which she herself had spun and woven. Being woven by such hands, it was a most delicate piece of cloth. She had commenced work upon it from the day of her entrance into their house at Nazareth, for she had intended it for the temple as a present, although it could now serve for another much higher purpose. Nevertheless, she offered whatever remained of it after she had completed the furnishings of the infant God as a gift to the temple of Jerusalem according to her original intention. All the articles and coverings necessary for her divine infant, the great lady prepared with her own hands, and while she sewed and trimmed them, she shed tears of ineffable devotion, remaining continually on her knees. St. Joseph gathered such flowers and herbs as he could find, from which, together with other aromatic materials, the zealous mother extracted fragrant essences. With these she sprinkled the sacred vestments of the victim of sacrifice which she awaited. Then she folded and laid them away in a chest, in which she afterwards took them along with her, as I shall relate farther on. 441. All these doings of the princes of heaven are to be thought of and estimated not as being without life, nude and bare, as I here represent them, but of incomparable grace and loveliness, full of sanctity and exalted merit, of a greater perfection than human intellect can comprehend. Because she performed all these works as the mother of wisdom and as the queen of all virtues, in preparing for the appearance of the most holy humanity of her Son in the world, she celebrated the dedication of the living temple of God. The sovereign queen understood better than all the rest of creation the ineffable greatness of the mystery of the incarnation of a God and of his coming into the world, not in a spirit of doubt, but inflamed by love and veneration. She repeated many times the words of Solomon when he built the temple. How is it possible that God should dwell with men on earth, if all the heavens and the haven of heavens cannot comprehend thee? How can this human body contain thee, which is formed in my womb? But if the temple of Solomon, which served only as a place in which God should hear the prayers within it, was built and dedicated with such lavish expenditure of gold, silver, treasures, and sacrifices, what should not the mother of the true Solomon do for the building up and the dedication of the living temple, where was to dwell the plentitude of the true divinity, the eternal and incomprehensible God? All these innumerable sacrifices and treasures of the figurative temple, most holy Mary duplicated not in gold or silver or rich texture, since God sought no such riches in the living temple, but in heroic virtues and in the canticles of praise by which she fructified and extolled the graces and gifts of the Most High. She offered up the sacrifice of her burning love and ransacked all the holy writings for hymns, canticles, and psalms to praise and magnify this mystery, adding thereto the expression of her own exalted sentiments. In a mystical and yet altogether real manner, she fulfilled the ancient figures and types of her virtue, and by her interior and her exterior acts, she called upon and invited all the creatures to praise their God, to give honor and glory to the Creator, 
and place the hope of their sanctification and his coming into the world. In many of these exercises, the most fortunate and blessed Joseph, her spouse, took part. 4.42 No human tongue can describe and no created understanding can reach the sublime height of merit, which the princess of heaven attained, and the degree of pleasure and complacency which they afforded the Most High. If the least degree of grace which any creature merits by an act of virtue is more valuable than all the created universe, what treasures of grace did she not gain, whose acts exceeded in value not only all the sacrifices, offerings, and holocausts of the old law, and all the merits of the human race, but far excelled also those of the highest seraphim? The loving extremes of the heavenly lady in hoping to look upon her son and true God to receive him in her arms, nourish him at her breast, tend him with her own hands, converse with him and serve him, and adore him made man, from her own flesh reached such a pass that in the ardors of love she would have breathed forth her spirit, and have been consumed if she had not been preserved from dissolution, assisted and strengthened by the miraculous intervention of that same God. Yes, Many times would she have lost her life if it had been preserved by her Most Holy Son. For many times she saw him in her virginal womb, and with divine clearness she saw his humanity united to his divinity, observed the interior acts of that Most Holy Soul, the conditions and postures of his body, the prayers offered up by him for her, for St. Joseph, for all the human race, and especially for the predestined. All these and other mysteries were open to her, and in perceiving them, she was altogether inflamed with the desire of imitating and exalting him, since she bore within her the devouring fires, which illumine yet to not consume. Exodus 3.2 This concludes our reading for day number 146. Today we read from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 7, Paragraphs 438 to 442. Well, we know the Christmas story quite well, don't we? That she wrapped the infant in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And today we hear how she goes about making those swaddling clothes for the Christ child. How St. Joseph, in exchange for his work as a carpenter, received two pieces of woolen cloth that she then made and fashioned a a garment for the Christ child. I also thought it was quite beautiful that we saw that Joseph and Mary, that they themselves went to prayer. And in prayer, they both heard the answer of the Lord, repeating what the Sovereign Queen had already heard many times. But Joseph prays, Mary prays, they unite in prayer, and God speaks in that moment to them. Couples should pray together. And as they pray together, they can discern God's will and so much more. She repeated many times the words of Solomon when he built the temple. How is it possible that God should dwell with men on earth if all the heavens and the haven of heavens cannot comprehend thee? How can the human body contain thee, which is formed in thy womb? So Mary, grappling with this idea of the temple, we call her the Ark of the Covenant. She is this new temple. She is a temple of the Lord. 
Just as we are temples of the Holy Spirit, she bore God in her womb. And how is it possible that God should dwell with men on earth? She knows that this is true, but she asks that question, trying to delve deeper into that mystery. And finally, we heard about Jesus. She saw his humanity united to his divinity and observed the interior acts of that most holy soul, the conditions and postures of his body, the prayers offered up by him for her, for St. Joseph, for all the human race, and especially the predestined. I think we quite easily remember that Jesus prayed in the garden. He prayed that all might be one. Jesus was praying for you and for me in that garden. But we also realize now from the Blessed Virgin, as Maria of Agreda is relating this, that Jesus prayed for us long before we came to exist. He prayed for his mother, for his father, for all people, for all of the human race. He prayed for you and he prayed for me. He died on the cross for you and for me. And just as Jesus prayed for his mother and father, as he prayed for others, well, it's a call and a reminder to us to not forget to pray for those we love. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.